Hey guys, welcome to the Preview Alliance podcast. This is Sarah and Whitney. And today we have a special guest. We have been polling you guys. We've been asking, mm -hmm. what do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? And what is what everybody says? Sleep. Yes. As moms, we struggle with sleep. Uh, it so. seems so unattainable. Well, it is for a hot minute, but yeah. we bring you the trusted resources and leading into that, we have our special guest. You will know her on Instagram, nested to rested sleep. Am I saying it correctly? Correct. All right. Perfect. All right. Go ahead and just introduce yourself and all your expertise here to our listeners. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, first of all. And hi, everyone. My name is Nithi Patel, and I am the owner, the founder, and the lead sleep consultant over at Nested Tourette's Sleep Consulting. I live in a small town here outside of Atlanta with my husband and two kids and two dogs, so a full house over here. <laughs> um, I got into sleep consulting, obviously, after becoming a mom and going through sleep deprivation myself. So I was in the trenches right there with you. And I know how it is. So I can totally relate. And I wanted to help as many families as possible. I talk about this over on my socials all the time of how I never had a village. So my ultimate goal is to serve as many families and be that virtual village as I can. And, you know, I've been doing this for over two years now. It'll be my two year anniversary in April. So not sure when this is going to go live, but two oh, years. Happy anniversary. Yes. yes. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I've helped over hundreds of families now and hope to help many more in the future as well. And I use my clinical research background as an epidemiologist, public health professional to bring all the research back information related to sleep on how to improve your baby sleep and your sleep as a family unit so everyone in the household can thrive. We love that. We're so yes. big on educating our moms about the postpartum period. Absolutely. Just, and then how we know, since we're mental health focused here, there's a direct correlation with sleep and your mm. mental health and postpartum depression and anxiety and I mean, basically functioning. Oh, yeah. So our listeners do not know this yet, but this is a special surprise. We're bringing you back in a series for these talks. So they don't, we don't want to make them feel like we have to hit all the topics in one episode because yeah. no one can do that. So we're going to give it to them in the best way possible in a series. So today we are doing newborn. So this is for our pregnant mamas, our mamas in the trenches, we like to say the newborn days. And we asked our listeners what essentially they wanted to know from you. So we're going to start hitting the questions. Okay. I think this was something that I thought of really early on in pregnancy is when do you start trying to get baby on a sleep schedule? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, schedule, I feel like it brings on so much anxiety in us, right? As parents, like, okay, I got to get baby on schedule. I got, I have to have a schedule, especially if you're a type A parent like myself, awesome. you are all about planning a schedule and everything, right? Oh, so but <laughs> I want you to take that out of the newborn phase. The newborn really should not be on a schedule in all honesty. They should just be sleeping all the time during the day, especially in those first few weeks. I'm talking about the first four to six weeks. Their awake windows are going to be super, super short probably around 30 to 60 minutes max. And if you spend most of that awake window feeding your baby, then I would say you're probably on the right track because it's going to be a feeding diaper change, probably a diaper change before the feeding, honestly, and tummy time for five or 10 minutes, and then they're back to sleeping. 
So that awake window is going to be super, super short, leaving you with little time to honestly enjoy your baby that's wide awake. So there's not really a schedule that I would recommend following. It's more about keeping those awake windows short and sweet. And like I said, they should technically be anywhere from 30 minutes to 60 minutes in those first few weeks. And then as your baby gets older, so past the two month point, then those awake windows stretch out a little bit. And I would say to reassess those awake windows every four weeks or so. And you want to stretch it out by 10, 15 minutes here and there, test it out to see what's working for your baby because, you know, every baby is different. So your baby might need a shorter awake window compared to another baby the same age. Wake window was not a term I knew until I took a sleep kind of mm-hmm. um, training course when with my oldest, who's now four and a half. And then from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's from the when you wake baby or baby wakes up until they go to sleep right so it's that time because i and but i was i suffer from postpartum anxiety so i was obsessive about that and i would like have a timer and watch it and be like 59 minutes it's time to go you know so i can't i will preference to my personality mm-hmm. i became obsessive with it yeah. but in general we you know it's not to that minute right like it can it's it's some flexibility, flexibility. Yeah. And so the awakening of definition actually changes after they're past a certain point. So after the three to four month point, the definition changes, which I'm not going to get into since we're talking just about newborns, but a newborn awake window definition is from just like what you said is from the time that they are awake, like eyes open to the time eyes are shut. Okay. Because newborns can either sleep on you because contact naps are great in those newborn stages. So they can be sleeping on you. They can be sleeping in a stroller that's laying flat and in a crib, in a bassinet. So all these different places, predominantly, they're going to be contact naps in all honesty. And I think that's such a good point is I had this picture in my head that you just like wrap the baby up and they lay down, they go to sleep. Both my boys during that, honestly, I would say six weeks period. Oh, yeah. It was on me contact mm-hmm. naps um and no one told that to me and i think i had this facade in my that head that was normal for and, them to want to contact right and nap. then i thought i was just failing or i'm like i don't know what mm-hmm. i'm doing right like is everybody yeah. else's baby just laying and sleeping and yeah. so that's a huge thing we want to stress to our listeners and thank you for saying that is let's be yeah. realistic what the naps exactly. are going to look like during that period yeah 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 we need to normalize the contact sleep in the newborn stage. Yes. Yeah, totally. Don't worry about you're going to form bad show. habits. You're not forming bad habits. You're surviving the season of motherhood you're in right now. And I think that's, that's a fear, huge. right? That people, they're like, yeah. I can't live like this forever. Well, you're not going to. And we have resources that's going to help you get past these stages. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Okay, so I guess another question is, you know, it is wake windows. We know this. Is there signs that the baby is going to show us in this newborn period when it's like, I need to sleep now? Yeah, so they're going to be really, really drowsy, but there are some signs and I don't want you to get them confused with hunger signs because hunger signs and sleepy cues, they are very, very similar. So with sleepy cues, you want to look out for obviously yawning, rubbing eyes. One thing that I didn't know that I know now is this area, the eyebrow eyelash area gets super red. So red or pink depending on your skin tone. So you want to be mindful of looking out for that. And you can even like rub this area right here too. 
And if you start rubbing, like I'm rubbing like my um, unibrow area for those listening. And if you start rubbing this and your baby starts getting drowsy and closing their eyes, and that's an indication that they're sleepy. And that's a really good way of putting your baby to sleep as well. Oh, I love that. Baby hack right there. I mean... I feel like we Where could... was that two years ago? I, I learned years about ago. the red because one of my friend's kids, I'll never forget yeah. going, I was like, wow. And then she was like, oh yeah, I noticed that sometimes right before she needs a nap. And I was like, then I saw it on like an Instagram post, went, you know, and I was like, oh, this is evidence-based here. So my we're, mind is blown. we're here to give you the things we've learned the hard way for you to save you some burden. Yes. Okay. Totally the things they don't tell you in the doctor's office. No. So. Or like when you're pregnant, like it's just like, give me like the top tips, which we're going to, um, and this is what our listeners get the benefit uh-huh. of is what we did not know. Yeah. Um, okay, great. So this moves on to the witching hour. Let's just talk about what is that in the newborn phase? Because people, I think, don't ever get told about it. And then you kind of get into it and you're just like, is my child okay? Am I okay? Mm -hmm. Like, why is people not showing this? Yeah. Yeah. So the witching hour, when it first starts, it could be really, really hard because all of a sudden you're trying to do anything and everything to calm your baby down. And they're just not coming down. And to preface it, I want to let you know that you are doing an amazing job. It's not something you did or are doing that's causing your baby to cry. It's a normal developmental thing that your baby is going through. Not all babies go through the witching hours. So you want to also like, oh, my baby's not crying for three hours. Maybe they're not developing. No, not, not all babies will go through it. But if your baby is going through the witching hour, then a warm bath is really, really nice. And if it's too cold, depending on where you're staying, then, you know, just sitting in a hot, steamy bathroom with the shower running and just sitting on the floor with them all cozied up. The sound of the shower and the steam and all of that could really, really help soothe them as well. Feeding or nursing is a really good option as well. You want to play a sound machine and obviously doing the Dr. Harvey Karp's five S's is always a good way to go as well. The five S's for those of you who don't know are swaddling your baby, the shushing sound. So you can either shush or you could use a sound machine to do the job for you. The side stomach hold is another one of the methods that he uses and the swinging. So you can technically be doing all of those things. So you can do the shushing, you can swaddle your baby, you can put them on the side of your arm and then be swinging them. So you can do it all. Now, some babies might not like all of it. Like some babies don't like the swaddle. Totally fine. Not all babies will. But if your baby loves this, likes the swaddle and will put up with it, keep doing it. And even if your baby doesn't like the swaddle, try to practice it as much as possible because ideally it is something that they should be sleeping in for the first few weeks at least as from a safe sleep perspective. Yeah, love that. Um, And I'm sure you probably have something on your Instagram that kind of demonstrates that, that we can link for like the five S's or you kind of walking through the witch an hour. We'll link all that stuff, you guys. So if you're like, wait, I need to go back to it. We've got you. Okay. And this is a good question. I felt this, um, not for our, my second is 
my oldest was a toddler. How do I manage both schedules? Because it's like the newborn, right? Like you're trying to get them to sleep. You're trying to get your toddler to activities or your toddler wants lunch when it's the baby's nap. So mm-hmm. what can you give to these moms who are due with their second or third? And they're like, how do we juggle everything? How do we do this? Yeah, it's it's so hard. I had both of my kids are 26 months apart exactly. So I've been through this. It And my son, I had him about four or five months before COVID hit. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a rough period, as I'm sure a lot of you know. What you can do, honestly, is focus on the toddler. The toddler is going to be more expressive. They're going to be voicing their opinions. They're going to know what they want. Whereas the newborn, all they need is food and sleep. So I would say take advantage of a wrap or a carrier, put them on the wrap or the carrier and contact nap them if your toddler or preschooler needs your attention throughout those times and focus on the older child and let the newborn sleep on you or put them in their crib or bassinet and try to put them right. And if they won't, then just try doing the contact nap. And that's the way to go. You can also have them sleep. They have portable bassinets now that you can move around your home. So if you need to go upstairs with your toddler, then put them in a portable bassinet and carry the bassinet with you. So there are definitely ways of managing the newborn with a toddler. If your toddler has activities, take advantage of the car seat naps. Now, car seat naps are a little bit tricky. You want to position your newborn properly so they are safe in the car seat and you can move them out of the car seat once you get to your destination. So I would advise you to invest in a stroller that lays flat. So that way you could transition them. And if you're at an activity with your toddler or preschooler, you can observe and spend some time with your newborn while you're still watching and being present with your older child. So I would say focus on the older child. The newborn, they're not going to know if you're there or not. They just need the food and the sleep. That's so true. That's a great point. That's a great point. It we really is. we had like baby safe stations. I remember for James that like I could put him to sleep safely mm-hmm. and like different That's aspects of the house. And it, and it wasn't like it was expensive. Like it was just yes. things that I'd kept from Will or like you know mm-hmm. the crib was the upstairs one, and yeah. then the main floor he had like that a portable bassinet, and then like my stroller mm-hmm. had the flat kind of bassinet. So I was like, okay, if we're outside, I use that. So. Yeah. It comes in handy. And you're right. Like, they don't don't know. know. They just. Yeah. I tell my clients all the time, you never want to use your newborn as an excuse for Mm. your toddler. So if your toddler needs something, but you have to do something for your little one, you never want to say, oh, baby, I got to go do something for your baby brother really quick. I'll be right back. Instead, say, mommy's going to go grab some water. I'll be right back. Or say something else, but never use your newborn as an excuse to leave your toddler's side. Mm. That's a big one. I've even, I've read art too, and it kind of works sometimes still now with my youngest being very demanding. It's like, I have to, he doesn't understand this, but I'm just like, can you wait for a second, James? Mommy is with Will. You know, but Will hears it, my older, right? So the same thing. It's just like, the baby's not going to know if you say, you know, give me one second. I'm finishing up with this or I will be, you know, just that kind of like, just again, I agree with that. Don't blame it. It's easy to, we've all done it in the heat of a moment. And you're just like, I need the baby to sleep. I'm so sorry, you know, but it's okay. You move forward. And I think that brings a really other good question is, 
let's just set the realistic stage of what sleep would look like for you and the baby in those first couple of weeks and then first month. So people don't feel like we felt like we're failing, we're doing something wrong. This is just us, our baby's got issues, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I would highly, highly recommend to, you know, we all have a birth plan, but do we have a postpartum plan? Do we have a sleep plan in place? So I would recommend for those of you, if it's not too late already, create a postpartum plan, get your village together, whether that's virtual or in person, get a meal train ready, get a sleep plan ready with your partner, say like, okay, if you know, we got to come up with a way I know you probably are going to work, but I need some help throughout the night, or I need some help with the toddler. If you can handle this shift, then I can handle that shift. Mm -hmm. So talk it over with your partner, if that's something that you can do. And I love having a shift system, especially in those first few weeks and months. So if you know, you have a partner that is going back to work, and they need to get some sleep at night, And you need some sleep too, right? Because you need to function the next day. So I love having a five-hour shift. Now, granted, your baby is going to wake up to feed during those five hours. So you might not have a consolidated five hours of sleep if you are a nursing mom, but you may if you are a formula feeding mom, right? Because it's just a little bit easier for your partner to feed a bottle. But even if that's a five-hour shift, so if you're sleeping from nine to two and your partner is sleeping from two to seven, then your partner brings you the baby while you're sleeping, you nurse, and then the partner takes the baby away, burps them, changes them, puts them back to sleep. So at least you're not having to do all of that and you can easily go back to sleep without even getting off the bed, right? You can nurse in the bed. So I would highly recommend having a shift system if it's a possibility for you. No, I think that's so important. Your expectations very, very low. Yeah. That's huge. It's because they're (laughs) going to have their nights and days messed up. And I think people don't know this as well, but like you're, you know, during the day, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I've got the best kid ever, right? They're just napping. They'll just, they'll nap when a, the trash truck's going by. They'll nap when the lawnmower is out, right? But then at night, when you're just like, okay, I'm going to tuck you down, they do not go down. So I think they know. They know. They know. And when do you start trying to get their days and nights back to order? Yeah. So the day night confusion is going to last until the baby's about eight weeks. So two months or so, and that's adjusted. So if your baby was born preterm, you just want to use their adjusted age to really figure out when that's going to happen. But it's usually around the eight week mark. And when that's also when your baby starts to produce melatonin naturally. So that's why they are easily going to go to sleep at night and they are up during the day because that melatonin production doesn't really happen that much throughout the day. So you might notice your drowsy baby who is taking long naps throughout the days, all of a sudden taking short and sweet naps and really playful throughout the day and all of that good stuff. So short naps is very common during that day-night confusion whenever that period ends. So you just want to be ready for it. Again, it's not anything wrong, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a developmental thing that your baby goes through and they're going to have short naps during that period. So true. What, when, so to our pregnant moms, when is it worth, we're going to have the free resource we're going to link for our listeners from you, but when is it behoove them most to get engaged with you, get one of your resources going? When is the ideal stage to reach out, I guess, or to start educating? 
Yeah. So I actually just released a newborn sleep course this year and I have had moms reach out and purchase that even before they've had a baby. Okay. So you can honestly be ahead of the game. And especially if you're type A like me, you want to be ahead of the game. So it might be beneficial if you did purchase the newborn course. And it's probably like one of the most comprehensive sleep courses for newborns out there. It has currently 14 modules and I try to put in as much information in there as I could. And it honestly has information in there to help you until your baby's even six, seven plus months. So it's not just for the newborn stage. It even has some gentle sleep training methods in there all kinds of stuff, even has guest expert section in there as well. So because I know it's not just about sleep, you need other support and resources as well. And going back to my mission is to be that village and serve. So I know the village does not just compose of the sleep expert. It it needs other experts and tools and guidances as well. So that's what I try to focus in as well in the course. And you have graciously gave um, our listeners a discount code, which we will link um, for this. So that's great. Okay. We like to end every session with asking our guests, what is one thing you wish you knew about motherhood before you're a mother? Like, what is the one thing you wish someone told you, or you kind of read about, or you just recognize? Yeah. One thing is going to be really, really hard (laughs) since there's so many things, right? The main thing that I tell my clients all the time, my families that I work with is it's never something you're doing wrong. So I used to blame myself a lot. Right. And I started, and I hear that a lot. Like it's something I did wrong. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like I hear that so often and I want to change that part. Like we need to stop blaming ourselves And something I preach to my families is that you are just surviving this season of motherhood you're in. And if that means you need to contact nap with your child for all naps during that day, then go ahead and do it. If that means that you're going to need to have naps on the go because your toddler or older child has activities, then that's fine. If that means like you're traveling and schedule is going to be all over the place, that's fine. Go on the trip and enjoy yourself. You're not bound to the house just because you have a baby that's on a schedule. That is something I needed someone to tell me because I was bound to the house. Oh yeah. For my anxiety reasons, Mm -hmm. but, um, that I needed someone to tell me it's thank you for hitting this. I mean, we, I feel like we gave so much valuable, like education in this short period of time that I I would have heard this. This is like. This is gold. This and would have been a game changer with both my kids, right? especially the witching hour stuff, because I could have sworn there was something wrong with my oldest daughter. Because you're both crying and you're both just, oh, yeah. yeah. Scream nonstop for mm-hmm. an hour. And I'm like, where did my perfectly healthy child go? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand what's wrong with her. There's so many things. We are going to make sure on this episode that we will like your newborn period, Instagram posts and reels and all that you've done. We'll make sure mm-hmm. that we're showing this during the episodes. You guys will, again you're listening to this, you're going to come back to us. We're going to link stuff. Don't freak out. We're going to get all squared away so you can read, but we're going to come back. We're going to do the next stages, the three to four Mm -hmm. months past that, sleeping through the night. And then we're going to hit the toddler stage. Oh, I need that. So she's not going anywhere, guys. This is going to be great, but we're so glad that you joined us and we look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you ladies for having me. All right, guys. Till next time. All right. See ya. 
Maternal mental health is as important as physical health. The Preview Alliance podcast was created for and by moms dealing with postpartum depression and all its variables like anxiety, anger, and even apathy. Hosted by CEO, founder, Sarah Parkers, and licensed clinical social worker, Whitney Gay, each episode focuses on specific issues relevant to pregnancy and postpartum. Join us and hear how other moms have overcome mental health challenges, as well as access tips and suggestions on dealing with your own challenges as moms. You can also browse our podcast library and listen to previous episodes at any time. Please know you're not alone on this journey. We're here to help.